The peace of our God, which is so evident on a day like today where we see the waters of baptism flow, where we see the wonderful words of absolution or forgiveness given when we confess our sins. May that peace be and remain with you at all times. And that isn't a hollow hope, but rather it is a firm hope because it's based on the very truth that we are blessed to look at right now. Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. So with that in mind, I ask you to just take a couple of moments right now, and I think the kids can do this too. I want you to think through a time when you remember being lost. Just want you to think about a time when you were lost in your lives. And I know if, if stereotypes are true, a lot of the men here are going to say it's a totally foreign experience. They've never been lost ever. But we know it's true. You thinking of that time? A time when you were lost? Now the follow-up question. How did you feel? Because, see, here's the thing about being lost. It isn't a problem to not know where you are. That in and of itself isn't the problem. But the problem is when you don't know where you are, you don't necessarily even know what you're missing. And if you don't know what you're missing, you certainly don't know the benefits that come with being found. See, when we talk about being lost, and I could go through, and we could spend a lot of time going through all the stories of, of what it means for you to be lost, and, and maybe some of you are thinking of a, a literal physical time when you were driving in your car, and you took an extra right-hand turn, and you found that you were lost, and you didn't know where you were. That's physically being lost. But I am convinced that physical, the physical sensation of being lost is nothing compared to the emotional sensation of being lost and the spiritual sensation of being lost. Where you don't know where you are, and now that you don't know where you are, you start to lose hope, you become confused because you no longer know where you need to get to, and everything seems gray and dark. And if you put those things together, welcome to the situation of the disciples in the words that Jesus are about to speak. Jesus is about to speak. Because these words put us right up there in that upper room on the night that Jesus was betrayed, you know, the night before he was going to die on the cross. And even though to the disciples, they might have had the idea that Jesus had brought them together to celebrate the Passover and to have a huddle up and to say, okay, here guys, here's the plan. Jesus just dropped a truth on them that they were having a hard time understanding and it led to a sensation of them feeling emotionally and spiritually lost. And we've been there. But let me now read to you how Jesus calms their troubled hearts. Because these words are worth gold 
when it comes to our own lives, when we find that our hearts are stirred up and we are troubled and lost. This is what Jesus says. John chapter 14, starting with verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. This is the word of our Lord. You see, Jesus was looking out at a room full of people who in one sense knew exactly where they were, but in another sense they were absolutely lost. And so what does Jesus say? Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and and trust in me. It's just a beautifully comforting word to say, don't let your hearts be troubled. And that word trouble, I think I've mentioned it to you because it appears frequently in the gospel accounts. It, It has such a vivid image behind it. It's the same word that's used when water gets stirred up. You have very troubled waters when a hurricane is coming. And no one wants to be out there. And this is the way he describes their hearts. Don't let your hearts be such troubled waters. All stirred up, all confused, not sure which way is up. Don't let your hearts be troubled. But that's the inevitable thing that happens when we lose our bearings and we don't know which way is up. We have that wishy-washy feeling come upon us and we... We're not sure what to do. And the reason for this, or the reason for that in the disciples' life is very clear. You see, Jesus, he told them, I'm leaving you. No, I'm not abandoning you, but that's how they read it. You know those situations where you're trying to communicate something to, to, to a child, and it's news that you, you think they might not take well, and so you try to, to preface it, and they're listening to you, and then you You give them the tough news and then you try to give them some explanation, but they've already tuned out. Because as soon as they heard the news, their mind just went blank. That's what happened to the disciples. Jesus said, "It's, it's time for me to go back. 
And even though he was trying to explain why this has to happen, his disciples were lost and their hearts were stirred up in a negative sense and and they were agitated and they were troubled. And we get it. Because which one of you here today can tell me that your heart is 100% calm? Which of the people here today can tell me that your heart is just full of this peaceful, tranquil water where there are no ripples of difficulty showing themselves and everything is going according to plan because it may not be that Jesus just told you that he is returning to the Father. But I can guarantee that all of us have hearts that start to get filled with stormy waters And Jesus' words of, do not let your heart be troubled, hit us right between the eyes. And the reason for that is simple. When sin entered this world, it it was as if a huge boulder was dropped into the tranquil waters of this world And all we do is still feel the repercussions of wave after wave coming upon us and we think we cannot handle it anymore. Lord, how can we not be troubled? Look at the mess that we're in. We feel lost. And so Jesus once again calms his disciples by pointing him to an amazing truth. Hearts can be put at rest when they are certain of the way. And that's what Jesus does. You see, what was making them uncertain is that they couldn't imagine a time when Jesus wouldn't be in their presence physically. They couldn't imagine a situation where all of their assumptions weren't going to come true. But what they could do is they could trust in the one who was laying out the plan for them. And so that's what Jesus needs to do. He explains, I'm going to my father's house. I'm going there to to prepare a place for you. What a magnificent image that is to think we have someone who is taking care of the travel details for our eternal vacation. An amazing thought. Don't let your hearts be troubled about that. Don't worry about making the right reservation. Jesus has got it covered, he says. But then Thomas chimes in, Lord, we don't even know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And that right there encapsulates our tormented hearts. You see, they say that the distance between your brain and your heart, which maybe measures what? A foot? foot and a half? That it's the longest foot and a half you'll ever find. Because the brain and the heart take so long to get onto the same wavelength. And see here, the disciples are hearing what Jesus is saying with their brains, but their hearts are, are just in tremendous chaos because... They want to see with their brain the path forward. And Jesus says, don't worry about finding the path. Stay focused on me and my words. And that's when he says the amazing truths. 
I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Holy cow. In Jesus, we have it all. Whether he is physically in front of me or not, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And if I'm feeling like I'm getting seasick in this stormy world because my heart is so unsettled, the one thing that's going to buoy me up and keep me focused is going to be Christ and his teachings. He says, you will try to seek out various other paths, and each of them will only get you into deeper water. But I'm the way, Jesus says, and the truth and the life. Some of you know that just recently I had the chance to be in in Zambia, in Africa, visiting our world mission fields in Central Africa, and I've been over there a couple of times now, and, and there's a, a story that they always tell about missionaries. And I'm sure this story, maybe it was based on truth at one time, maybe it was made up, but it certainly emphasizes the key point here. The story is about a missionary who found himself in Central Africa and went out to visit a bush congregation, bush being in the middle of the jungle, way off the beaten path. And it didn't take long before the missionary became absolutely and utterly lost. And as he looked around, he said, I have no idea how to get out of here. There is no path. And so he stumbled along a little further when he finally ran into a a native man. And he communicated with him. He said, sir, I am lost. Can you show me the path to get out of here? To which he said, sure. Walk. So the man started walking behind him. Initially confident, but it didn't take long before he lost his confidence because after knocking for another hour and and cutting through and, and hacking through dense jungle, he finally says, Sir, I asked you to show me where the path was. To which the man said, Buana, which is missionary, there is no path. I am the path. Think about that. That is our life in a nutshell. We want to see it all laid out perfectly for us. We want to know all the X's and O's. We want to see the path to which Jesus says, but I am the path. You need to keep your eyes focused on me and on my teachings and on my word. And you will live in a society that will continue to give up on that path and they are going to try to mark out their own routes. But be certain of this. Troubled hearts will then continue. Because fears can be calmed when you know the way. But we're real. And we continue to second guess, and that's why it's not hard for us to understand the words of Philip then. Philip now chimes in 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 verse 8 and says, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. You see, Philip has had enough. He's saying, okay, Jesus is leaving us. I'm not sure I'm totally understanding everything he's saying, but just show us God the Father and and that will be enough to which we have to ask, really? Are are you sure that will be enough, Philip? 
Because that's exactly what we do when we start to feel confused, is we like to negotiate with God and say, God, if you just do this for me, then I can keep my eye on the prize. God, just give me one month where I don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Just give me one month where I can make all my bills, and then I will trust in you. Lord, please just bring peace to my household for one week. No sibling fights. My spouse and I are going to get along. If you can just grant me that, Lord, then I can see where we're going. Lord, if you could just show me the Father, then I'll trust in you. You see, we negotiate with God, but when we do so, it's just reinforcing the fact that we've taken our eyes off of the way. And so Jesus assures him, Philip, if you know me, you know the Father. He and I are one. We're in this together. And we're doing this all for you. If you have a troubled heart today, if something or many things are not going according to plan, you know the effects of the ripples of sin as they come and continue to come and wash over your lives. But there, if we lift our heads, we see the way. And no, we don't always see every aspect of what that way is going to look like from here to eternity, but as we keep our eyes focused on the one who is the way, he also promises us the truth, and the life. Do you see how those three things go together? You see, those are all buzzwords, kind of, in our society. But if you want to argue about whether Christ is true or not, and if you want to argue whether he is the only source of absolute truth, then realize what you're doing to the way. You're starting to mark out your own path, which will never lead to the heavenly home we need. And then talks about life. Real life. Life where we actually can have a troubled heart put to rest. Life that can be enjoyable not because every single remnant of sin has been squashed out, but because forgiveness encompasses them all. And so Jesus puts them together and he says, I am the way And when you find me and keep your eyes on me, you will see truth. The truth of sins forgiven. The truth of one who who went to the cross on your behalf and paid the price for all of your deficiencies. And then you will know life. Real life. The Christian life. The quiet confidence of one who can eagerly await heaven, but patiently and joyfully endure all things with their eyes on the way. Today we had a, ma- a marvelous thing happen today in baptism. In just a couple of moments, we'll have a marvelous thing happen as new members will be received in the congregation. And both of those things happen for one reason alone, to set all attention on the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. What a blessing we have to build our congregation upon the one who says, I am. And to feel the comfort amidst all the troubledness of one who puts us at peace.
May God bless you as you continue to keep your eyes on the prize, the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen.